Live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Good afternoon, and you know the drill. Happy Friday to you and yours. April 28th, the year 2023. Does it get any more beautiful outside? I mean, come on now. You know what it is. It's a, go ahead, Chamber of Commerce Day. Goodness gracious. Bottle it up. Let's save it. Um, Day one of the draft is in. Lots of quarterbacks taken, one substantial quarterback not taken. And the Saints, they get their guy according to their metrics. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the EFCO Development Studios. EFCO Development, a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which is where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We head west. You'll find KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television set on if you want, if you so desire, because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, no surprise with Bryce Young, the number one pick in the draft, going to the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans had everybody bamboozled because they went and got a quarterback in C.J. Stroud and then traded back up to get number three and get the Alabama rush lineman Will Anderson Jr. For the Saints... Brian Breesey at number 29, 6'5", 4.98 speed in the 40. He fits the profile the Saints seek in an interior defensive lineman, especially at the three-technique position. His relative athletic score of 9.61 ranked fourth among all defensive tackles in the draft. That RAS is a metric that calculates a player's NFL combine measurables, height, weight, wingspan, hand size, athletic drill results, boils them down into one number on a scale of zero, the lowest to 10, the highest. Um, Pass rush was a concern for the Saints. And so they got what the guy they believe is going to be the answer for them. Since college scouting director Jeff Ireland took The reins of the NFL draft in 2015, the Saints have selected 11 players in the first round. Eight of them have been offensive or defensive linemen. Breesey, Trevor Penning, Peyton Turner, Cesar Ruiz, Marcus Davenport, Ryan Ramchick, Sheldon Rankins, and Andrus Pete. And in 2019, the one year they didn't have a first-round pick, they selected center Eric McCoy in the second round. So... There you go. He comes from an elite program in Clemson. Um, of the 49 players since Ireland started selecting players in 2015, 34 
have come from Power 5 schools and Notre Dame, including 20 of the club's 26 first and second day picks. So there you go. Uh, interior defensive linemen, Saints will be on the clock round two and three. Uh, pick number 40 coming up, so it'll come fast and furious, and we'll see what they do. In baseball, the top-ranked LSU Tigers return to action tonight for game one of a three-game home series against Alabama. The Tigers are 32-18. and 18. They lead the SEC West at 12-5. and five. Alabama is 9-9 nine and nine in the SEC, seventh uh, in seventh position. But don't let that fool you. The Tide have won five SEC games in a row, including a series win over Auburn and a series sweep at Missouri. Yeah, so we shall see. Of course, you feel really good when you hand the ball to Paul Skeens um, you know, for your Friday night start. He's 7-1 with a 1.97 ERA in 59 and a third innings pitched. He leads the country with 150 strikeouts and only 12 walk. LSU hopes that the, their trio of starters from last weekend will have the same type of results this weekend. Ty Floyd will get the ball Saturday, and Christian Litter, Little, the junior right-hander, will get the ball on Sunday. So we'll, we'll, we'll hear a lot more about uh, Alabama. In our first hour, Larry Holder of The Athletic will join us. We'll talk about the Saints draft, what to expect uh, in rounds two and three today. Of course, Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, is the only one that, that uh, of the big four that didn't get drafted in the first round. After Young and C.J. Stroud, it was uh, Anthony Richardson getting picked early in the draft. So uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Leah Van will join us from The Advocate. She covers LSU baseball, and we'll find out about the Crimson Tide team that's number two in the league with a 3.08 team batting average, which trails only LSU, which is hitting 320 on the year. So big, big series, chance to really widen the gap if you take care of your business. Our number two, George Faust, will join us. We'll talk about a very important matchup as the top-ranked uh, Coastal Carolina Chanticleers come to town, 13-5 and five in the Sun Belt. The Raging Cajuns stand tied for third at 10-8. and eight. So not only do the baseball teams play one another, UL's softball team is headed to Coastal to take on the Chanticleers in softball. So George Faust will join us in that note. NBA playoffs last night, it uh, was a clincher for the Boston Celtics as they went to Atlanta and beat the Hawks 128 to 120, a close ball game until the fourth quarter when Boston outscored Atlanta 30 to 20 to take the win. Jalen Brown with 32, Jason Tatum with 14 points, four, uh, 30 points, excuse me, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Marcus Smart with 22. Um, Malcolm Brogdon, the sixth man of the year, coming off the bench, had 17. Now the Hawks will face the long-anticipated offseason. Trey Young with 30 points and 10 assists. So we'll see what happens with Quinn Snyder and the Hawks. Two game sixes tonight. Yes, indeed. Two game sixes. Cannot wait. It is um, in the Western Conference. Uh, first off, the Kings and the Warriors. It heads back to San Fran. 
Golden State's won three games in a row to take a three games to two lead over Sacramento. And after getting beaten rather decisively in Memphis, the L.A. Lakers hope to close out the Memphis Grizzlies tonight at uh, at their home venue with the Lakers leading three games to two. Um, we've got a couple of series already set that will begin uh, this weekend. And that is the conference semifinals. One Western conference semifinal starts tomorrow. The Suns are at the Nuggets. And in the East on Sunday, it'll be the Miami Heat at the New York Knicks. So stay tuned for uh, more of that. Um, NFL draft. I tell you, it's uh, it's quite a production. There's no question about that. You've got some good uh, prospects available in in uh, the second round um, with with some you know tight ends and. And, and all kinds of people. So, so we'll see no LSU tiger off the board as of yet. Uh, expect BJ Ogilari to go today at some point in time, uh, the edge rusher from LSU. So we will, we'll see what happens along those lines. So we got a busy day planned for you and yours. Let's take our first time out of the day. When we come back, Larry Holder will explain that round one and his thoughts on the saints picks today after this timeout. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Now, if you haven't seen the defending World Series champs in person yet, no worries because the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with another Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Oakland Athletics on Saturday, May 20th. And you can be there. Register in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com to score four tickets, a tour of Minute Maid Park, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros Weekend Getaways, powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and the Game, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back 15 minutes after the hour on this gorgeous Friday, April 28th. The first round of the NFL draft is history. Saints hold Pat at number 29 and select Defensive tackle Brian Breesey from Clemson. Larry Holder covers this stuff for the athletic, not only the Saints, but more importantly, all over the league. And he's kind enough to join us a little bit earlier today, but the draft is the story, and we got to get the best in the business to talk about it. So, Larry, good afternoon. Thank you for accommodating us today. How are you, sir? Jordy, I'm good. Uh, look, uh, of course, round one is a uh... – it's a long run for only 31 picks, and we, of course we got uh, six more rounds. But uh, definitely some intrigue, uh, I'd say, throughout the league. And yet, I would say with this Saints pick, I would almost liken it to when the Saints in 2016, they drafted Sheldon Rankins, and it seemed to me that that year the pick seemed really kind of clear-cut. And even though at 29 – you know, if if uh, if Breezy was there, I felt like the Saints would certainly draft him, and so it, it kind of lined up uh, similarly with a similar position that 
the, the need looked obvious, and the pick to me seemed like one you could kind of link uh, over the last maybe a uh, few weeks or even maybe at least last month. I give the winning award from day one of the draft to the Baltimore Ravens. They signed their quarterback, and they got him some help with a wide receiver, Zay Flowers from Boston College. It's, it's a pretty good day for the Baltimore Ravens, I would say. Well, yeah, it, it got good even before the draft uh, with the way uh, Lamar Jackson went. And uh, it's, it's not like he, they had to uh, go – Totally overboard as much as maybe Lamar might have wanted, uh, just a little bit higher contract than Jalen Hurts, but not much, basically on par with that. And so, yeah, look, I, I think Baltimore, uh, they've got quarterbacks solidified. Uh, they've got some pieces. You, you throw in maybe a couple weeks ago with Odell Beckham, you know, that yeah. they maybe have some more viable weapons uh, outside of, say, look, because their last, uh, their, their top weapon, in the receiving game was Mark Andrews, and they had Rashad Bateman, too, uh, a first-round pick. But then you, you throw in OBJ uh, and Flowers. And so the, I think the, the Ravens knew they had to get a little bit more firepower and, oh, by the way, keep their franchise quarterback. And so, yeah, it, it seems like uh, after some rough months that, uh, that, right. that, that scenario is kind of on the up and up. Larry Holder of The Athletic. Three quarterbacks go in the top four, two of them from the SEC. The one notable SEC quarterback not drafted, Will Levis from Kentucky. Why do you think he has slipped as far as he has slipped? Yeah, when you look at and a lot of some of the reportings coming out and, and even us at The Athletic that there was maybe a little bit of concern uh, with a toe injury, but I know there's been some reporting that some teams were trying to trade back up in round one, didn't make that happen uh, with with some of the eyes, including a, a team uh, I've seen reported about the Falcons trying to trade back up uh, to maybe possibly draft Will Levis. And so I think, though, the fundamental thing, because look, the injury that you can get over that, but I think the fundamental thing is that uh, people were a little taken aback by his touchdown to interception ratio, it's a little better than two to one, and that's not optimal. I mean, so okay. you, you want that number to be a little bit lower. And so I, I think that's that's okay. a bit of a concern. But I I would be shocked if uh, if Levis falls. And uh, I'll I'll throw out a team falls past Tennessee in the second round. I think they're at they're uh, number forty one. Uh, overall, so early second round, I'd be shocked if he dropped past Tennessee and maybe they look at someone like him to be maybe the next quarterback uh, to uh, either, uh, you know, challenge uh, Tannehill or, or, or challenge uh, the draft pick that they had from last year. Gotcha. Uh, Larry Holder, the athletic boy. Houston had everybody kind of fooled, right? Oh, and I drafting a quarterback. They're going to go do well. They, not only did they get a quarterback in C.J. Stroud at number two, they traded back up to get pick number three and got Will Anderson, the outside linebacker from Alabama. Not a bad day for the Texans. Had a price to pay for it, but heck, let's get your fan base excited. And you got two pretty, what people think are big, really good players. So kudos to the Texans. Yeah, I think when you look at how much they paid, that was definitely a happy price uh, for the Cardinals. But the Cardinals... Uh, you could hear the pundits, and they're not totally off base. Where uh, some of them were just pretty harsh, saying that the Cardinals had the worst roster in the NFL. 
So they needed to rebuild. And so they got a yeah. bunch of picks, whether it was, uh, you know, in this year's draft or, or in future drafts. But, yeah, I think the Texans, uh, they know they needed a quarterback. They went and got C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans, uh, you know, an up-and-coming coach. Uh, I think he's he's going to be a really good coach there. And uh, went out and got, in their opinion, got the best defensive player in the draft. Uh, pass rusher, of course, Will Anderson. We're, we're, we're definitely familiar with him. Uh, just from Alabama, and so yeah, right. they got stud players. They paid for them, but uh, that, and they also made some ha- some decent moves in free agency. And it's not like the AFC South, uh, someone's running away with with that division. So I think that uh, if those two guys can come in and be impact players right away, it kind of puts the Texans back on the map. What's the biggest surprise? Because because I'm, I'm watching and every, I heard like what. When the Detroit Lions at number 12 picked Jameer Gibbs, the running back at Alabama, I think Gibbs is a really good player, but running backs that high, you had B. John Robinson go eight to Atlanta, but Gibbs, that kind of threw everybody off. Uh, what were your thoughts there? I wondered why, in hindsight, why the Lions didn't take B. John Robinson at seven, <laughs> because I feel like he's a better prospect. So yeah, yeah. That, that to me is curious. And, uh, I know that definitely turned a lot of eyebrow, uh, raised a lot of eyebrows, and I know that Dan Campbell is probably looking at Gibbs to be maybe some sort of uh, Alvin Kamara type clone. I don't know if he's built that way, but I'm sure that that's what they're looking at. And then, uh, you know, the, they made some moves this this off season, uh, signing David Montgomery, and then uh, they've got uh, DeAndre Swift, so they've got some uh, yeah. running back kind of log jam up there and so uh, yeah. it's definitely something that uh, that pick maybe even B. John robinson a little bit going to atlanta that high uh and maybe that raised a little bit of eyebrows but uh but yeah i think uh, of the of the first round i think that gibbs pick is definitely the one where people are kind of scratching their heads and thinking uh uh what detroit's doing i know i said baltimore was the winner i was saying that in just because of the um, Lamar Jackson situation, but my goodness, Philadelphia has become the um, feeding ground for Georgia Bulldogs. They get Jalen Carter at number nine, then they go get his teammate, uh, Nolan Smith, at number 30, strengthening their defense. They got a bunch of defenders from a year ago playing for Philadelphia that got them to the Super Bowl. Man, Philly looks pretty good to me. Yeah, and it's funny, I've had uh, people who of course, Saints fans wondering why the Saints didn't take Nolan Smith because a lot of people had him uh, super high on, on their boards. And Nolan Smith, within that defense, would fit the Eagles better than what he would fit the Saints. Uh, he's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker. And he, he's basically at some point going to take over what Hassan Reddick has been doing, and he's, he did an awesome job there. But, yeah, you're right. It was like it's, it's Georgia North. Uh, you know, I yes. remember over years it used to be like uh, LSU was like Patriots North, and now uh, right. uh, Philadelphia has become Georgia North. And so, yeah, I, I think also you look at Jalen Carter and definitely some some scuttlebutt about him, red flags and such about character issues, and you know takes plays off this, that, and the other. But they had a need there. Uh, you know, Javon Hargrave is now at the Forty ers That's a big loss, but I think when you get Carter up there, you team him up with some of his former teammates, a ton of guys that he knows. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's a group that knows each other. I think that's, that's a big plus. And, you know, the Eagles' defense is already good as it is. 
Uh, and so I think that, uh, that they've definitely kind of gotten a little bit richer uh, up there in the, in the, you know, the city of brotherly love. That's right. Uh, Bracey, the Saints pick at 29, fits all of Jeff Ireland's measurables. Now the Saints get to pick at number 40. Um, what do you think? I think they still have their options open. I don't love who's around at, say, an edge rusher, uh, but I'll, uh, I'll kind of point to my colleague, Dane Brugler, who's our draft guru. Look, we got, we got other guys who do an awesome job, but he does sure. uh, the beast, and he does, uh, you know, he's, he's got his uh, round two and three mock drafts that's already out. And I think uh, his pick for, for the Saints at number 40 is actually a pretty good peg, and it's uh, uh, Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee. I think he, if, if he's there, that makes a lot of sense. I would have liked, even if the Saints uh, didn't go defensive line, even in the first round, if he was around, because he wasn't. I don't like Quentin Johnston from TCU as a future compliment to Chris Olave, but I do like uh, Hyatt in the same mold. Uh, and so I think it would beef that up. Uh, young, one, two, and of course we know they still have Michael Thomas, but they definitely need offensive weapons. So I think Jalen Hyatt, I'd keep an eye on that from Tennessee uh, to go into the Saints. And that, that pick makes sense to me as well. Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee. Okay, very good. Um, boy, they. Um, they, they need a lot of help, right? They need a running back. Maybe that Spears kid from two lanes around in round three. If he is, you nab him. Well, I think we're kind of biased because we've got to watch him. And I think that uh, that's a, a position that you definitely need to get a little bit more depth there. Uh, he could be multifaceted. And I know I, I'm trying to, I know, again, I'm, I'm going to refer back to our mock that we have right now. I know Spears is in the 70s, and I know I think the Saints pick of what 71, and yeah. so like if he's there, I think they have to have a conversation. Uh, you know, it's it's maybe not a total need, but a want. But still, you know, I, I think that's uh, that's someone you have to ponder. Like, and you never know. I mean, they got a little bit of a run on running backs. Uh, he might go in round two, so I, I definitely think that he's someone that. Whoever drafts him is going to be happy, and I think uh, I think Saints fans would be very happy if Spears was was a uh, ended up becoming a Saint. All right. Well, we'll uh, this ought to be a fast and furious. The, the commission is gone now. He hands it over to his second man, um, and this thing will go quickly. Uh, rounds two and three tonight, and then tomorrow, guys. I can't even watch tomorrow. But anyway, um, <laughs> we shall see. Beautiful day out there. Saints get their guy. Hopefully, he's a hopefully he's a player. He's had some injuries in the past. Hopefully, that's in his past, and he can move on and uh, he becomes a factor for this ball club. We shall see. Larry Holder of the Athletic. Thank you, my friend. I greatly appreciate it. Be out of Jordan. Talk to you later, buddy. You got it, my friend. Larry Holder of The Athletic. When we return, LSU baseball, fresh off a series sweep against Ole Miss on the road. Can they get it done at home? Dangerous Alabama Crimson Tide team comes to town. Leah Van joins us next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Are you tired of your boring man cave? Well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. 
Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Borderlands Furniture, a flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game, 1037 Lafayette. 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back in the midst of the NFL draft and some NBA playoff games. College baseball is in earnest, and LSU, the top-ranked Tigers, return to action for a three-game home series tonight against Alabama. The Tigers are 12-5 and five atop their division. Alabama's at 9-9, nine and nine, but they've won five straight SEC games, a series win over Auburn and a series sweep at Missouri, so you can't take them for granted. Leah Van covers the Tigers for The Advocate, and she's kind enough to join us yet again, and we greatly appreciate it. Good afternoon, Leah. Couldn't ask for a better day for baseball. Yeah, I'm really glad I don't have to play meteorologist. Knock on wood. (laughs) Easiest job in the world. You can be wrong all the time, and you still got your gig. Um, It's great when you get to start (laughs) things off with Paul Skeens. He's been dynamic all year long. But I want to delve into the Saturday and Sundays. Ty Floyd is everybody sleeping on Ty Floyd. He's six and zero, oh, um, mm-hmm. 3.8 ERA in 47 and a third. And after what we saw against Ole Miss, is he really? Um, is he is he starting to really wheel and deal out there? Yeah, it, it's the and I wrote about Ty Floyd for today's paper. If y'all want to check it out, but um, yeah, I think he's. I think he's playing his best baseball right now. I mean, obviously going eight and a third, I don't know how that likely that is for, you know, the rest of the season, but that was a huge, huge moment. And that was key in LSU getting that sweep against Ole Miss, especially with a bullpen that is largely injured and depleted. So if Ty Floyd can keep playing his best game and, you know, extending to at least five or six innings, I mean, that's essentially what you want out of a starter. Um, and, you know, I think he was just throwing all of his pitches for strikes. And, yeah, he tends to be that guy who, like, really settles in later in the game, right? You know, gives up maybe a couple runs, but then he settles in and he's shutting everybody down. So he's not a guy that, like, you know, he faces – when he faces multiple times through the order, he gets better. <laughs> like, he's not getting yeah. worse. So yeah. um, people are kind of like, oh, this guy learned how I hit, too, you know? So – um, you know, I think part of also like what has contributed to his success was um, just his confidence. Like he said, he's changed his mindset when it comes to his breaking ball, and which we all knew was kind of like his weakness last year and something that he was very inconsistent with. And what he also had to kind of think about was not just throwing that breaking ball for strikes, but also throwing chase pitches and getting guys to swing up balls that are not in the zone, which is also another skill in itself. And, um, yeah, to see him execute against a, a lineup like Ole Miss, which, you know, still was, a, you know, while they're not that good this year, like still went to the College World Series last year, still features the like first-round draft pick in Jacob Gonzalez. I think that's pretty impressive. I'm with you. Leah Van um, uh, joining us, covers the Tigers for The Advocate. Be sure to go read her story about Ty Floyd uh, in advance of this weekend series. And then on Sunday 
Uh, you know, they've tried everything, and Christian Little, of course, got got a nice performance again against Ole Miss, so he'll get the ball again for the Sunday 1 o'clock start against Alabama. What do you see in Christian Little? What do you like about him? You know, Christian Little is um, is a very confident guy. you got to remember, he's been playing. He came to college early, right, at Vanderbilt, so he was 17 when he started playing college baseball. He's still only 19 now. Um, and but he's very confident and mature beyond his years, just something you need as a pitcher. Um, he's very crafty though, and he's very kind of like stubbornly so. I was talking to his dad about it, and he loves to throw his cutter, which he actually learned from Jack Leiter, which is a pretty big name to learn a pitch yeah. from, right? Um, yeah. but he uh-huh. was trying to figure out like you know how to put how to throw hitters off balance and how to kind of like you know keep them on their toes and that cutter is it. He really likes that pitch. Um, but, you know, throwing it consistently for strikes has been something that he struggled with earlier this season and he has a fastball, but like the fastball needs a little bit more movement. Right. And so he, I feel like he's starting to kind of get into his groove there, um, mixing his pitch as well. Um, he feel he told me that um, he also really likes Alex Malazzo behind the plate. And so it just feels like, They've got some sort of chemistry going, and it was working for him on Sunday. Um, so, you know, I think he can continue to work that way. I think he's better as a starter um, okay. rather than coming in with the bases loaded. Um, I think that yeah. he just comes in with a little bit in a little bit better headspace. Um, but, you know, he has been in both roles before at Vanderbilt and at LSU. So, um, you know, I think we saw him have some good starts here and there earlier this season, I think against Lamar, which is a pretty solid ball club. And he came in as a closer at Texas and he dominated, you know, I think he has these moments, but it's just been a little bit, it's taken a little while to get him to be consistent. Leah, you mentioned the bullpen decimated by injuries. Do we have an update? I mean, who's, who's out there that's available to pitch? Well, I mean, there's still quite a few guys that are available. It's just, you know, the quality of the guys that are available. But, right. um, yes, I mean, we all learned that Chase Shores is out for season. Um, right. Of course, like, we all knew that information was bound to come. I think the information on Garrett Edwards is also on the rise. So I doubt we see Garrett Edwards for the rest of the season. Jay formally said we won't see him for the next two weeks. So, but I would just go ahead and operate with the mindset you're not going to see him again. Right. Um, right. But as far as the bullpen, you still had Javen Coleman, who just came back and maybe didn't have his best outing against Ole Miss. But, hey, that was his first SEC appearance. So you yeah, can't really – That's right. I mean, in over a year, right? I right. mean, two years, really. Um, you still have Bryce Collins. He's got a great curveball. He's a different look. Gavin Gidry has been coming into his own as a, as a closer. Um, and then you've got – um, Griffin Herring, who's probably your strongest reliever right now because he can kind of be that um, that swing guy that can operate as a starter or a reliever, right? Like, he's capable of doing both. He has four pitches. You know, he's consistent. And, you know, he's been somebody that they've leaned on quite a bit. And I think if you get Thatcher Hurd going into the mix, whether as a starter or a reliever, that's a guy that does have an elite, like, arsenal of stuff that we just – haven't seen him throw consistently well for strikes. But if you get him going, I think the Tigers should feel fairly confident about what they have. I mean, you still have Blake Money, who was a Friday night starter at the beginning of last year, and I like him better as a closer. He still has a good fastball, and he's still a menacing presence on the mound at six foot eight. 
um, you know, he's a lot to handle too. Um, I think, you know, I think there's still plenty of guys that are also will have room to grow. And, you know, last year I think about Jacob Hasty, who we didn't see until May. Um, <laughs> and then Nate Ackenhausen yeah. just returned from a hamstring injury. Um, maybe, again, like not his best outing this past weekend, but still promising to see him back on the mound and going. Um, and he's a lefty, so it's always good to have, a, you know, another lefty in the in the staff. So I think that, you know, once, like, the pitchers are all kind of on the same page of, feel, of being consistent, which is really hard to be consistent in this league, I think you still have quite a bit of depth um, there. Yeah. It's just a matter of are they going to show up on any given weekend. I think Thatcher Hurd, God bless him, I think he's been the biggest surprise this year in the fact that he hasn't emulated what he did at UCLA. It just goes to show you the SEC is pretty darn good um, uh, along those lines. So that's the pitching. Um, Tank White, Trey Morgan, how, what's their status? Um, yeah, I think it's likely we'll see them this weekend. Um, Jay has said they're kind of a day-to-day evaluation based on pain tolerance, based on how that pain tolerance translates to their play, right? You don't want to put a guy in who maybe is going to make a bunch of mistakes because he's, you know, like not feeling 100%. And so I know that both – I know the whole team got the day off on Wednesday, which I think some rest is probably needed, but they've been working in the training room for, you know, of all hours of the day. But, yeah, so, I mean, the last time we talked to Jay was like, yeah, those guys are just being evaluated day to day. We'll see how it goes, but it's likely we do see them come back soon. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be worried about it being either of them being in a permanent injury situation. Leah Van never gets a day off. She's grinding every day. So I'll ask you, what's the best thing about being a reporter that covers the college baseball team that happens to be really good is number one in the country? And on the flip side, what's the, what's the least favorite thing about covering uh, a college baseball team for you? Um, I think my favorite thing is that I know that everything I write will be read. Um, okay. You know, I've worked jobs where, you know, people didn't really care what you wrote. Um, <laughs> but Same you know, on, on the them. flip side, the worst part is everybody's going to read what you write. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's kind of a catch-22 of, like, it's the best and the worst thing, right, is, you know, you have the most enthusiastic fan base in college baseball, and it's a lot of pressure, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. That's awesome. You do a terrific job, and uh, you do a terrific job on the radio. My goodness gracious, you're very, very good at what you do. So uh, so thank you. Hopefully the we- tomorrow, ugh, right, the weather's not supposed to be so good, or is it? I don't even want to think about it. Let's not even think about it. Let's 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 focus on today. <laughs> let's focus on today. Crystal clear Chamber of Commerce Day. Leah Van, enjoy it and keep up the great work. And we're going to keep reading. Thank you so much. So, thank you. <laughs> Take care, Leah Van uh, of the Advocate. LSU baseball tonight, uh, game one of three. You can listen to it right here on the game. Six o'clock. First pitch. Paul Skeens, the junior right-hander, going up against sophomore right-hander Luke Holman. Holman is 5-2 with a 3-1-5 ERA in 45 and two-thirds innings. He struck out 53 and walked 18. The two best hitting teams in the SEC, LSU number one, 320 on the year. Alabama number two, 308 on the year. Alabama's hit 73 home runs, which ranks number six in the league. 
They're number three in the league in team ERA at 3.77. Number nine in fielding at 9.75. They don't strike out much, only 295 times, which is the third best total in the league. As uh, Jake Johnson said, and we're going to tell you, don't ever underestimate Alabama in anything. Their 9-9 record is deceiving. It's a veteran ball club, and they're on a roll. So Tigers got to take care of business. We're going to take care of some business after this timeout, um, pay some bills, and we'll come back with some more news on the LSU basketball front and the football front. So stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to you by our partners each and every day, and we can't thank them enough. ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. By DC's Little Capital Exxon, with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger you have ever tasted. And by Cajun Chef, do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. A recent survey said that game listeners prefer our station than filing their taxes. Take that, taxes. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back, wrapping up our number one. Um, we told you about Haley Van uh, Lith, the left-handed uh, point guard, uh, the top prospect in the portal committing to LSU at 20 points a game and three assists a game. She comes as a grad transfer. She's got two years of eligibility, but uh, she's going to go pro after that. And uh, Tim Mulkey's not done yet. Anisha Morrow, the number two player in the transfer portal from DePaul, arrived for a visit to LSU yesterday. She was only the leading scorer in women's college basketball. And um, uh, a, a double double machine there. Now I don't know. You know there was there was an opening for Van Leaf because Alexis Morris was gone. They needed a point guard, so she she plug and play come in right now. Now Anisha Morrow, you got to think of one or one or two ways. It depends upon her. You got Angel Reese, who plays a, kind of basically the same position, kind of does the same thing. Does she want to team up with that? Maybe her numbers go down, but if she wants to win a championship, going to LSU will give her the very best opportunity. So the Tigers lose Alexis Morris, Jasmine Carson, uh, Ladasia Williams, and Emily Ward. But man, they, they they got the number one recruiting class coming in. They got the top prospect in the transfer portal. Maybe the second best one as well. Uh, things are good, really good in. Tiger Town for sure. LSU football is expected to hire its next defensive line coach from South Carolina. According to sources, that defensive line coach is Jimmy Lindsay. Um, and this is supposed to come down the pipeline uh, pretty darn soon. He's been the defensive line coach at South Carolina for two seasons. He previously coached defensive ends at Illinois and Western Kentucky. 
In 2005, Lindsey overlapped with LSU defensive coordinator Matt House at Gardner-Webb. Sometimes it's not what you know, but who you know. Remember, Jamar Kane left after one season to be a pass rush specialist with the Denver Broncos. The Tigers have used analyst Gerald Chapman as the interim defensive line coach throughout spring practice. But uh, it looks like South Carolina and Jimmy Lindsey will be making an announcement as the new defensive line coach for uh, the LSU Tigers. Uh, meanwhile, the NCAA, um, as I try to remember, made a decision on the appeal of the punishment for former LSU assistant coach James Craig. Remember the offensive line coach? Um, well, the NCAA upheld the punishment for uh, former LSU offensive line coach James Craig. The Division I Infractions Appeal Committee decided that Craig violated recruiting rules after he appealed a three-year show-cause penalty. He was fired for cause in the summer of 2021 after he allegedly conducted off-campus recruiting visits during the COVID-19 dead period and provided improper recruiting inducements. Come on, according to the NCAA, Craig argued the violations were contrary to evidence used by the Committee on Infractions. He insert, asserted that the contacts didn't constitute a violation because they were not prearranged. Well, whatever, he is, uh, it's, uh, it's not changing along those lines. Um, we'll see with the draft what happens with B.J. Ojolari. He should be coming off the board pretty soon. Uh, and then you're going to have to keep keep looking around for uh, who's going to be next. And, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. Um, but, boy, how the mighty have uh, have fallen in some cases. Kayshawn Booty uh, was projected at one point of that time to be a first-round pick. Um, now he's probably a day three pick. So um, we'll see what happens there. Maybe Anthony Bradford becomes the second player taken in the draft from LSU. But one of those years where in the past LSU was, I mean, like getting players drafted left and right and left and right, but uh, not the case this year by any stretch of the imagination. So we'll see. B.J. Ojolari um, should go pretty early tonight as the NFL conducts rounds two and three. Um, and then – uh, Saturday, it'll be rounds four, five, six, seven. Uh, we'll see what happens to a Kayshawn booty who just, um, big, big disappointment. I don't think there's any, any question about that whatsoever. So, um, the saints with an opportunity, we'll see what they do. Uh, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Uh, but I hope they go, you know, there's so many things they need, right? So many things. Um, Hopefully, Breesy, the defensive lineman from Clemson, becomes a stud. Uh, um, you know, his coach, Dabo Sweeney, says, oh, he's going to be a Pro Bowl player. Well, what? of course the coach is going to say that. What else is he going to say? Coached him up, and yeah, we're going to make him look good. Of course. Time will tell. He's had some injuries. Time will tell. Um, but the Saints need help. They need they need some more skilled position people. They need, I think they need a tight end. I think they still need an edge rusher. If B.J. Ogilari is around, eh, he may give it some hard consideration. I think the dude's going to be like a typical LSU player. 
There's so many good players around him. Sometimes you get a little bit unnoticed by because the stats aren't uh, glaringly obvious. But they can play. So we'll see what happens there. Need a running back. I think they need a wide receiver. You never have enough cornerbacks. We'll see. We'll see. We'll leave that up to the experts as to what they uh, what they think. Coming up, our number two of the program, George Faust will join us. Huge weekend in the Sunbelt Conference for the Cajuns as the top-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers come to town. Uh, ranked as high as sixth in the country in some polls. They're 13 and five in conference play, 26 and 13 overall, but they come to the Teague riding a two game losing streak. The Cajuns are 10 and eight in the conference, 28 and 15 overall, riding a two game winning streak. So hopefully, hopefully, uh, after Matt Deggs chewed them out and they responded convincingly against Northwestern State, maybe they can continue this. Um, this this rise and uh and make some hay in this thing and make, make this race a little bit more interesting is there you know they're three games behind in the loss column to coastal carolina one game behind southern miss and there's a log jam at 10 and 8 with troy old dominion the cajuns texas state and georgia southern so uh, great great opportunity there plus uh george becknell james mesh and i will will make some picks it's all coming your way Hour number two, the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Fighting Tigers and the Houston Astros. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two, and away we go on this gorgeous Friday, April 28th, the year 2023. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite, pushing all the buttons, spinning all the tunes. He's in the EPCO Development Studios. EPCO Development is a civil construction company. This specializes in multifamily construction. It's on the campus of Delta Media, where you'll find KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on KLCJ 1041 in Lake Charles. We're streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, uh, you can turn your television set on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. This is the kind of day I wish I could take this equipment and go outside and just do this thing. Maybe I could. We got some brilliant people back there that can figure all this stuff out. I need to get with Clint Domain and see if I can get that done. It's too pretty to be hooped up inside. Let's do work in a more pleasant environment, right? Let's do it. Um, Saints, have picked number 40 tonight in round number two. They've got a pick in round number three as well as they try to. But this is the time of the draft where you really build your team. You're hoping to strike gold. You're ho- And the Saints have been very, very good in these later rounds. Um, second, third, fourth, fifth. They've been good, and they've gotten some good players here. Uh, so we, we can see, of course, the greatest late pick ever 
was a sixth round to Tom Brady. And of course, yet last year's Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy, became pretty relevant for the 49ers. So you never truly know. You're always kind of hoping against hope. And the Saints are hoping that Brian Brissy is uh, pans out as their first round pick, a big defensive tackle that fits all the measurables that the Saints want in, in an interior defensive lineman. Plain and simple. So uh, they, they like to have a player from a uh, premier program because not only do they play against the best competition, but on a, on a weekly basis, but also on a daily pr- basis in practice. Um, Gracie practice against four and five star offensive linemen like Walker Parks and Marcus Tate and Tristan Lee guys who in all likelihood will be playing on Sundays in the future. So just like, the Saints knew that, like uh, Michael Thomas from Ohio State and Chris Olave, were trying to get open in practice against NFL caliber cornerbacks like Marshawn Lattimore. So there you go. Um, and he grew up in an athletic family. His father, Richie, played offensive guard at James Madison University. His mother was an all American basketball player at Frederick Community College. His older sister, Kendall, played college basketball and here's a, a multi-sport standout in high school. And I like that because it shows your athleticism. Bracey played baseball, basketball, football, lacrosse, and soccer as a kid and was a multi-sport standout in high school. So I like that. I like that. Um, so, and when you look at the track record, Cam Jordan, Mark Ingram, Caden Ellis, Andrus Pete, sons of former NFL players. So, he fits all the intangibles. He got very, very emotional um, when the pick came in, and and you like that. He wore number eleven for Clemson. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, they will uh, strike gold there. The Boston Celtics struck gold last night as they disposed of the Atlanta Hawks, riding a thirty to twenty fourth quarter um, build up to win it one twenty eight to one twenty as. Um, their their group, they're they're Jalen Brown with 32 points, Jason Tatum with 30, Marcus Smart with 22. A veteran, experienced ball club setting up quite the matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers. That game one in the Eastern Conference semifinals will take place on Monday. We know in the Western Conference, um, you've got the Suns versus the Nuggets starting on Saturday, and then on Sunday, another Eastern Conference semifinal. The Miami Heat go to the Mad- go to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. So two teams that no one expected, one of them is going to go to the conference finals, either Miami or New York, to play either Philadelphia or Boston. There's still a couple of games in the West to be determined, um, and that starts tonight with a game six between the first matchup of the night, which is the Golden State Warriors taking on the Sacramento Kings. Golden State fell back two games to none. Now they've won three straight to take a three games to two lead. Their last win was a 123-116 win over the Kings on Wednesday. Meanwhile, the Memphis Grizzlies got back in contention after they played on Wednesday night and beat the Los Angeles Lakers in Memphis, 116-99. to 99. Desmond Bain, John Morant, both over the 30-point mark. The Lakers looked tired 
But I can promise you, when they tip it off tonight at uh, 9.30 local time, LeBron does not want to get back on a plane and head to Memphis. He does not want to do it. So we'll see if both the Warriors and the Lakers at home can clinch things and wrap things up, setting up um, both conference semifinals. And we'll see if, if, you know, if the Warriors and Lakers win, they will meet in game one of their Western conference semifinal um, coming up shortly. So NBA starting to whittle it down, but the playoffs have been sensational, sensational. Um, LSU baseball back on the diamond tonight. And we talked about it earlier. If you missed our interview with Leah Van of the advocate, you can go back to 1037thegame.com on demand and you can find that later on. But Alabama is a dangerous club. They're nine and nine in conference play, but, but they have won five straight. So at one point in time, they were four and nine in conference play. And you're like, oh my gosh, what's happened to them? Well, that four and nine has been erased. They're back up to 500. They've won five straight SEC games, um, beating Ole Miss, beating uh, sweeping Missouri uh, on the road. So they come in a dangerous club. They can hit it. They're the second best team in the conference and hitting at 308. LSU is at 320. LSU hopes that their trio, they feel pretty good about Paul Skeens, don't you? Yeah. Feel pretty good about Ty Henry. He's been pretty darn consistent. He's six and zero with a three point eight ERA, forty eight strikeouts, eighteen walks. Eh, he gotta throw, gotta throw strikes, man. Gotta throw strikes. And Christian Little gets his opportunity after his win against Ole Miss. He's two and one with a four point zero eight ERA in twenty eight and two thirds innings, thirty five whiffs, fourteen free passes um, along the line. So. LSU can just solidify their weekend. Then they could get their bullpen in order and figure out, you know, everybody wants to know, okay, I'm going to come in in this scenario or this scenario, get their roles out, but you got to get everybody looking at the, you know, that that's what made LSU women's basketball so good. They got better and they all started to click at the right time. And that was championship time. And, Boom. They all played great. They all played great. That outside shooting that was invisible for so long in the SEC tournament and all that. Whew. They found it, didn't they? All at the right time. Now is the time for LSU pitching to find their ways and uh, get a lot better. Get a lot better. So um, we got that. George Faust will join us here in just a minute. We'll talk all about uh, the Sunbelt Conference and UL's new pitching approach as they face the best team in the Sun Belt right now, uh, Coastal Carolina. It's a full-blown, detailed bullpen approach. They've got starters, but the starters um, have already pitched this week. Like Friday night starter Cooper Rawls started Tuesday's game against Southern. Saturday starter Jackson Nezu did the same thing against Northwestern State on Wednesday. So they give them a little warm-up time to get them ready for the weekend. So we'll see if it works. We shall see. Um, what And then they'll just go by bullpen. Bullpen, bullpen, bullpen. And just keep them rolling in. Keep them rolling in. And all you're trying to do is salvage and get some wins. Get some wins. So the men's team plays Coastal. The softball team. 
plays Coastal as well on the road. Uh, they're 16-2 and two in the Sun Belt, and they're going to a hitter-friendly ballpark, and they hope to nail down the Sun Belt title with six league games left. Well, Jerry Glasgow's got it going on. Always an outstanding, outstanding program. All right, let's take a time out here. KLFY's George Faust, all things Acadiana, next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The A2 Faith Festival returns to Arnoldville this weekend. The festival features carnival rides, food, bingo, live musical entertainment, and more. In addition to the music and rides, there's the Mayor's Cook-Off Contest on Saturday. Bingo! And a car show on Sunday. Who doesn't like bingo? Everybody loves bingo. And a car show on Sunday. For more information, visit www.arnoldvillecatholic.org. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY Sports Director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Hey, George, how you doing, my friend? What's happening? Uh, doing, uh, doing, doing well, Jordy. How you doing? I'm doing terrific, man. It's a beautiful day. Um, man, great for anything outdoors, right? And it's a great day oh, yeah. for baseball. Absolutely. And oh, yeah. It's the case. The Cajun's going to host, host Coastal Carolina, the top dog in the Sun Belt right now. So a big opportunity for Matt Diggs and his ball club. Absolutely the case right now. You know, uh, kind of a little bit of a shock that after the LSU game, you know, you go on the road and you lose uh, to JMU. You don't have yeah. the, uh, you, 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 you know, I, I'm not sure exactly what happened in, in that little, that series, but uh uh, it it kind of, I guess, shakes you up a little bit, and then you come back and you get uh, two midweek wins that uh, where you hit the ball well, you score, scored a lot of runs, and uh, maybe you can build off of that and uh, and and, and uh, kind of maybe get some pitching that uh, hasn't been there uh, over the past uh, few uh, few uh, conference weekends. So let's we'll see talk, what happens. Let's talk up. Let's talk about pitching because. Matt Deggs is using a, I don't, he says it's not an unprecedented approach, but tonight's starter, Cooper Rawls, pitched Tuesday um, against right. Southern. He pitched two innings, right? He had 32 right. pitches that he threw. And then Saturday starter, Jackson Nezu, um, two innings, threw 49 pitches. So why do you think Matt Deggs is using weekend starters as weekday starters as well? Look, you know, here's the thing. I, I think personally, I, I kind of like the idea of whoever's giving you the best, you throw them out there. You know, Jordy, when you played basketball, you didn't. I, I'm assuming you didn't play college baseball, but when you played basketball, you know, you were ready to go. And if the coach said, "Hey, I need you to go," you were going to go. In this day and age, you don't see pitchers like. They they just don't they they're not they're not built that way anymore. I mean, you know, in the seventies, you know, Ron Guidry would pitch what a game, and then two days later he'd pitch another eight inning gym. So I 
I think there's a little bit of a mindset that he's trying to instill in these pitchers, and and the mindset is, I if your if you if your stuff is working, I'm going to use you, you know, and and so it doesn't matter what your position is or, or in the rotation, then we're still using you. You know what I mean? So uh, yeah. maybe that's the thought process: is hey, I'm getting production out of these cats. And these cats are the ones that are going to help me win right now. So let's go with that. And, and that's the only thing you think of. I mean, obviously there's some, uh, some you know, pitch by committee type of, type of mentality too uh, with regards to whoever can get the job done. And I think that's all he's worried about. You know, he wants the job to get done. And if you're a scrapper, you know, the water hose boys, as they call themselves, uh, if, if, you, if you're one of those guys then, and you're going to go out there and, and – uh, do the best to dominate, and he wants you on the field. And, and if that means you pitch on Tuesday and then you pitch on Friday, so be it. I mean, and I, I just think at some point baseball kind of got away from, you know, the, the seven pitching a pitcher going seven, eight innings, and, and now they go, oh, we can only pitch in four innings because then we got to go to our middle reliever and then we got to go right. to our closer. No, man. If you if, if Ron Ron Gidry never worried about that, right? I mean, Ron Gidry got out there and he would sling it till he couldn't sling it anymore. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ron Gidry told me a story one time. He told Goose Gossage to go sit down. Told Billy Martin to go sit down because Goose he wanted to bring in Goose Gossage to to shut down the game. And Ron Gidry told him, "Go sit back down, Billy. I got this game. This is mine." And uh, so I mean, Wonder. that mentality. That mentality doesn't seem to be there anymore. Maybe he's just trying to instill a little bit of a, a little grit into yeah. the team. I wonder how much comes into play with the major league concept. You don't want to ruin these kids' arms by throwing it too much now. You want to give them every chance to get to the big leagues, and then then they build up the arms. I don't know. Um, I just know um, right. it worked this it's week, uh, and we'll see what happens on the weekend. Right. And, and look, I, I, I'm – I think it's. I think that he's doing what he needs to try and do to make sure that they can get get wins. Is is the bottom line, you know? Yeah. And I think that's the yeah. that's 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 where they're at. They're trying. I mean, this is a huge series. They can really yeah. turn their season around right here. So if they can get a couple of wins out of here, and uh, it, it'll be big. The men are at home. The softball team on the ladies' side is on the road. They're 16 and two in the Sun Belt, and they're, if they win a couple games, they're going to nail down the Sun Belt title with about six league, six league games left. Where do you rank this Jerry Glasgow's club compared to some of the other teams that have been really, really good? Yeah, this you know it's interesting because I think this team really has there's something special. I mean, we were talking about it the other day, trying to kind of plan out what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks. And, you know, as they get set to get to, uh, you know, to the, to the, the playoffs and the, in the tournament, it, it looks pretty solid that they might host a regional if they can stand, you know, keep where they hold serve and, uh, go win the tournament and all that good stuff that they get to host. Um, so yeah, this team's pretty good. I think it, look in, in 2020, they had a really good team got stopped by COVID. Obviously they were number one in the RPI at that point. Uh, and, and the COVID COVID stopped the year. And I know coach Glasgow, I've talked to him numerous times about that. 
he's re- he was really uh, disappointed that they didn't get, have a chance to kind of go and uh, and showcase the, the 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 amount of talent that they had on an, on a on a national stage um, with regards to their 2020 team. I think this team has they have so many athletes and and really studs on this team that that are consistently putting up numbers. I mean, look. Uh, Allred gets Sunbelt Sunbelt uh, Player of the Week. I mean, he he talked about uh, her and, and and the fact that you know every time she gets up, she's she's hitting a home run, or you know she's yeah. just a dominant type of type of athlete that you know it doesn't shy away from the big moment. And and there's a lot of players like that on that team, and I think that just shows that, that you know hey this team is this team's pretty good. I, I I'd probably put them up against that 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 2020 team. Um, I, I I don't know if they're as good yet, but uh, they do have that opportunity to kind of keep getting uh, to that to that level, and uh, it, it's going to be fun if they uh, they continue to win. And and uh, I'm hoping they get they they get into uh, a re- they host a regional, and then they're high enough in the RPI they get to host a super. That'd be that because I remember they, the last time they hosted a super at Lampson. Man, it was unbelievable. It was so exciting, yeah. and uh, that atmosphere—I uh, mean, it was packed. It was jam-packed, loud. It, it was—it's—it's it's an exciting sport to watch when when you got a full house, like you all uh, pretty much always do when you're when you're talking yeah. about the Cajuns and Lampson. I'm with you. 63 homers, according to uh, my buddy Kevin Foot. It's a it's a hitter-friendly ballpark. Jerry Glasgow yeah. says. Especially if the wind's blowing out, they've got some kind of a unique field. I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, Houston, Houston used to have that unique feel um, at Minute Maid with the elevated center field, which yeah, was field, absolutely yeah, yeah. no sense whatsoever. So I don't know what this field is, but um, a big weekend for both the men and the women, baseball and softball, for sure. What's happening in the high school ranks, man? What's going on there? Hey, look! Uh, softball's playing today in Sulphur. Uh, they have uh, we have what? I think I want to say twelve games that that uh, feature Acadiana area teams. Uh, I know wow. STM's the number one seed in in their ranks. They play Chappelle uh, this evening at five o'clock. Uh, S, uh, Notre Dame is Beauchene. All those teams are playing. Uh, Kaplan, Opelousas uh, Catholic. Uh, there's a host of teams that from the Acadiana area over in Sulphur today, uh, trying to get get their get their uh, punch their ticket to the championship, and we'll see uh, what happens. We'll, uh, obviously, we've got the uh, festival going on, so it's it's going to be a, a late night. But uh, uh, yeah, there that that from the high school baseball playoffs too are, are kicking off as well. So there's a there's a lot to do with that. Uh, a lot of games going on. Uh, around the area as well with regards to baseball. But uh, softball is kind of in that – they're in the tournament now. So uh, yeah, it's uh, do or die. Okay. <laughs> let, let me ask you this one. Um, LSU women's basketball just got the number one transfer portal athlete in Haley Van Lith. Uh, they're after this yep. girl from, um, from uh, DePaul who's really good. They got the number one prospect in the state and some think the number one prospect in the country, Michaela Williams. And they got a commitment for 2024. You've seen Jada Richard from LCA play. How good is she? I think that young lady is is an unbelievable talent. Um, I've had a chance to interview or talk to her. Very, very uh, astute young lady. 
Um, she and what really was impressive is that to me was she enjoyed practice just as much as she, or if not more than she enjoyed playing in the game. And that she was, I was watching her during when I when I had the chance to be out there uh, talking to her, and just she's a, she enjoyed the process of getting better. And I think and and she's this is how good she is, Jordy. She's so good that when they played in the Country Day tournament down in New Orleans earlier in the year, they lost the championship game, and she won the MVP. <laughs> the losing team got the yeah. got the MVP of the tournament. So, uh, yeah. I, I mean, she she's a she's a special talent. I think it, uh, to me, what made her even more uh, attractive as an athlete, uh, as a as a as a prospect, is that. Uh, she she was you know she's a good teammate and that that that's you know sometimes you get you get athletes that are high bar athletes and uh, and you know they know it you know and I, I think the cool thing about her was she was all about her team even at practice I mean they were they were working yeah. on stuff she was getting other girls involved trying to make sure that the team as a whole got better and I think that's the that that really stood out to me about her. Well, we have something in common then because uh, team I played for back in high school, we lost the state championship game um, in, in Alexandria, and I was voted the MVP of the top 24. So we have something in common. So I like her. There you go. I like her. Yeah, right. And I like talking Absolutely. with you. I like talking with you. <laughs> That's always a pleasure <laughs> to talk with you. Yeah. It's always a pleasure talking to you. So George Faust, the king of sports television in Acadiana, Man, go have a glorious uh, rest of your Friday and weekend, man. And thank you. It's always fun. Fridays with Faust lives on. <laughs> oh, that's no problem, Jordy. Uh, looking forward to the next time. You got it, buddy. You take care. That's George Faust from KLFY. Up next, the regular trio of George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will. Who knows where we'll go, but we'll go somewhere next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The game has a brand new app. It is now your one-stop shop for all things the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Download the free mobile app today for your Apple or Android device. Just search the game Southwest Louisiana. No matter where you are, you can listen to the game Southwest Louisiana's sports station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest. The best nickname, the Blonde Bomber, is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, here we go. 35 minutes after the hour on this Friday, April 28th. I bring in my friends, James Mesh, back in the Evco Development Studios, and my buddy, George Becknell. Where in the heck is George today? How you doing, buddy? Jordan, I'm fantastic, brother. I'm just I'm just at the house, believe it or not. Ooh, I can't I'm, believe it. I'm, 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 I'm working from home today, man. I'm the just world, at the crib. The worldwide traveler has slowed <laughs> down for a minute. That's awesome. 
I read these things all the time. You can get it on your Apple or your Android device. What the heck is an Android device? Is that like a BlackBerry or something? And do they still well, exist? Well, BlackBerry went out of business. Uh, okay. A few years back, uh, they 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 kind they kind of didn't get on board with the Microsoft Exchange era. But okay. the Android is like it's a Google-based operating system that is your only other smartphone option. Okay. But I I'm, I'm team iPhone, me personally. I'm an iPhone. I'm, that's I'm, all I'm, I I'm an iPhone guy. Yeah, I don't get it. Anyway. All right. What'd you think of uh, uh, Brian Breesey, Clemson, Saints first round pick? Well, I, I, I'm excited, Jordy. Um, it's a, to me, it's a kind of low risk, high reward type of pick because you're picking at 29. So you knew you weren't going to get like, like a top 10 guy. Right? right. But at the same time, I think he's a top 10 talent. He's had some injury uh, issues. Yeah. You know, yeah. he had some family issues with his sister passing, so he missed a lot of games. But in the the games that I have seen him play, he looked like to be the most dominant defender on on the, on that side of the Mississippi River. So I thought it, it was an amazing pick by the Saints. You got a top ten talent at twenty nine, and if he can stay healthy, he's gonna be a def- he's gonna be a difference maker, and he's gonna anchor this defense for a long time. So I'm excited. I'm from everything I heard, the Saints expected him to go in the top 20 at some point in time, and he kind of fell in their lap. James Mesh, what are your thoughts on the Clemson Tiger to the Saints? Right. I, I think it was a solid pick. My big concern about it is kind of like the injury history towards ACL in 2021, and then he had an extended strep throat that was so bad that he had to miss multiple games. So... I don't want to put the label on him that he's Marcus Davenport 3.0 because it feels like Peyton Turner's Marcus oh 2.0. I don't want to put it yeah. on him already, but, I mean, he's had those concerns, and at that point, it's just another defensive lineman. I think it's good depth. He's going to be more of a rotational piece. It's not like he's going to be out there 90% of the time. You're going to have him with Nathan Shepard and bringing in Malcolm Roach to have a rotation. So it's not like you're going to depend on him 24-7. But I, I think it was a good pick. And overall, I'm not mad at it because I want a defensive line anyway. I thought they would have gone Mozzie Smith, but Mozzie got taken by the Cowboys. Cowboys and, got him. And I thought Cowboys the Cowboys would have gone Dalton Kincaid, but the Bills took him. So I was like, well, I guess okay. you just kind of had to go with what was left. What was left. Right, what would you like to see at pick number 40? Give me a position group that you would like to see the Saints go for. I'd be cool with interior of the offensive line or at this point if you really need one go get a tight end if you know darnell washington and or one of the others like michael meyer if they're there i wouldn't be mad at it but i don't think you necessarily need to go get a corner or a safety or a linebacker at this moment in time okay george becknell pick number 40 what do you want the saints to do um i still want a pass rusher you know i i, I still I'm want a pass rusher Every, you know, if, if you look at the Saints everywhere else, they, they're solid, right? There's not a guy that you're going to go get that's going to be really make a huge difference anywhere else. Let's go get a guy to get after the quarterback. Um, Davenport, you know, to James's point, has been injured. You need a guy across from Cam. Let, let's go. Let's go get a uh, defensive end. Let's get a pass rusher. Who calls the defensive plays for the Saints? Dennis Allen. Who's the head coach of the Saints? Dennis Allen. I think I think defense. I, I'm with you. I hope they get a. I hope they find a dynamic pass rusher if one of them's out there. Um, if they don't have one out there, go get me an impactful offensive player. 
I don't want another lineman or get go get me some stud <laughs> offensive player. You saw a run of four straight wide receivers go. Yep. Um, so go get me a stud tight end, like James said. Great. If he's a stud, go get him. Um, were you surprised, George? Will Levis not drafted at all yet? Uh, I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, if you looked at who needed quarterbacks, the teams that needed quarterbacks got quarterbacks. Um, I'm not sure why Anthony Richardson's top five, but hey, whatever. Um, I knew he was going to go just like the Will NBA, Levis. man. It's potential, potential, he's, potential. I mean, he's he's going to be a bust. Um, but <laughs> I, I thought I I, 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 I knew that he was going to go before Will Levis. So you know, it's okay. one of those things to where you don't just draft a quarterback in the first round if you don't need one, and mm-hmm. it's just it's just tough. For, you know, tough for him. But yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't surprise at all. Um, okay, but. You know, hopefully he goes today. Hopefully Hendon Hooker goes today, but we'll see. Okay. James Mesh, I was surprised. I th- still think Levis is going to be a good pro, I, but I, I may very well, very well be wrong. Were you surprised he fell out uh, of the first round? I was surprised, but I don't. I'm not impressed by him. I thought maybe the Titans would have taken a shot at him because I've heard that they're not impressed with what Malik Willis has done. That's why they went with Josh Dobbs at the end of the year instead of Malik, mm-hmm. but. I haven't been impressed with him. To me, he kind of reminds me of a worse Josh Allen and a mix of Jamarcus Russell because they had him throwing on his knees 60 yards. I'm like, okay, well, that reminds me of Russell. And uh, how did that turn out? So I'm I'm not impressed with Levis and then the mayonnaise and the coffee and then just eating straight banana peels. No, I'm good. Okay. All right. Let's get to the fun stuff. Uh, George, the NBA playoffs have been unbelievable and we've got two possible clinchers tonight in the west the kings and the warriors grizzlies lakers um let's go about the kings and the warriors warriors have won three in a row they're heading back to san fran do they close it out and why well they absolutely close it out um because the kings are are young they're a very very good basketball team but they aren't ready um hats off to mike brown and what he's been able to do but when you got Steph Curry on the other side, who's the greatest shooter I've ever seen, and the the championship pedigree he has, I don't like your chances yeah. in, in in close our games. So I think the Warriors, even though they they championship window, in my opinion, is closing until they re- rehaul rehaul the roster, they still have enough championship pedigree to get it done against this young Kings team. So give me the Warriors. Yeah, Draymond coming off the bench and putting up numbers. Um, to your point, James Mesh. I always thought Giannis was the number one player in the world. <laughs> he can't make free throws. You can't put him there. I think Steph Curry's number one. I think he. I think the torch went from from um, Michael Jordan to Le, to Kobe to LeBron. Now I think it's in the hands of Stephon Curry. Yeah. What do you think, James? Steph is definitely one of those guys. He's one of the most prolific players we have ever seen. Definitely changed the game and. How people play nowadays, they're playing so far from behind the arc, and a lot of people yeah. just try to mimic their game around it because they try to shoot from 30 feet. It doesn't work for them as often because they're not Steph, but, I mean, he's definitely had a huge influence on the game itself. I'm with you. Do they close it out tonight against Sacramento, or does oh, yeah. the Aaron Fo- uh, uh, Malik Monk and Fox, all these Kentucky players, <laughs> Cal not win another championship. It's crazy. It is crazy, but I'm I'm going to take the Warriors in this one. They're at home. It's crazy how putrid the Warriors are on the road in the regular season, and the fact that they got one in Sacramento, that yeah, just shows like they, they've got it. They've taken the last three. They've got all the momentum. If Draymond's yeah. giving you 20, 
off the bench? Come on. Yeah. You got to take Golden you know State 10 times out of 10. You know who's playing is Clay Thompson's even hitting shots off the dribble now. Right? He never <laughs> could do that. He used to be just the ultimate catch and shoot. Now he's making dribble moves. and Yeah, the, the Warriors have that that DNA in them. The Kings, not so fast. They're young not and inexperienced. So it's like it was with the Celtics last year in the finals. They had never been there. It was their first time. The fact that they had a lead, it was like, it was cool. But the almost like stamina-wise, Warriors just took over in the end and just took it away from them. Yeah. Lakers host the Grizzlies. I know LeBron's telling his team, dudes, we ain't getting on a plane, George Becknell, and flying back to Memphis. That ain't happening. You like the Lakers tonight against Memphis? Actually, I don't. Um, okay. And look, and look, LeBron James, great, all-time great. I, I have nothing negative to say about him. But the guy's in year 20. He's 38 <laughs> years old. You can't keep relying on him to carry the team. Yeah. Andy Davis is a bum. Like, I don't understand how this, how he's he can playing pretty good, though. I mean, but he's not consistent. He's supposed to be the guy. Yeah. He's supposed to be the new, new Kareem. He, every night you should expect 25 and 12 from AD. Every night. And he's yeah. so inconsistent. And until he becomes that consistent superstar to be the Lakers' first option, they're not going anywhere. I just I just think that LeBron has carried the team thus far. I don't think he has enough in the tank to wheel the Lakers to a series win. I think this goal seven in, in, in back to Memphis. So give me the Grizzlies to go to crypto.com wow. and, and, and force a game seven. James, what are your thoughts on that? See, I agree with George for the most part. Like you can't just keep relying on LeBron even though he's been doing it for you. I think they end up winning tonight, but when it comes to the rest of the playoffs, I don't know how much more they can rely on that much because if you have to play Denver, if you have to play the Suns, like I don't see how they don't overpower you at a certain point. Especially if if AD gets injured one more time and he misses two to three games, you're you're gone, pecan, bud. You're out. But I, I have them. You. I have them winning tonight. Let me just tell you, they're not going to be playing against the Suns or the Nuggets. You know who the Lakers have to play if they win the Warriors. Who in the heck on the Warrior on the Lakers is going to guard Curry, Clay Thompson, um, Jordan Poole? They got no guards to play that. They can't do it. It'll be tap city for the Lakers if they advance and play the Warriors, um, in my humble opinion. George, Celtics win. They got the Philadelphia 76ers. Who comes out of with that series win? Well, I, I think it all depends on Embiid's health. Yeah. Um, if Embiid's healthy, I like the 76ers over anybody in the East. And if and if he's not healthy, they don't have a shot against Boston. Boston's too good to you know for for them to win without Embiid. James Harden isn't enough. So if if Embiid could be eighty percent, give me the seventy sixes. Anything short of that, I want. I'll take the Celtics. All right. Um, most valuable player in the playoffs, Jimmy buckets. Jimmy Butler, <laughs> Miami. He's been unstoppable. James Heat. Knicks, who you got? Man, the Knicks have the tough Knicks, series. That is a tough series because I didn't think the Knicks would win in five. Like I thought maybe they would win in like six or seven, but the fact that they won in five was really impressive. But you got to go against what I feel like is like playoff Jimmy's like a top ten player all time, just just from that standard. But I, I would probably take the Heat in. I'll take the Heat in six. Okay. 
Okay. All right. Um, Suns Nuggets, James Mesh. I mean, George Becknell, <laughs> Suns Nuggets. Who you got? I got to go with the Nuggets. I, I just don't believe in the Suns chemistry. Okay. Um, you know, everybody was talking about Booker and how he showed up. They played the Clippers and uh, Kyrie, not Kyrie, Kawhi, and Paul George was injured. I mean, what do you want to do? Westbrook's your best player, so I'm not. I'm not terribly impressed. I don't believe in the Suns like that. I think when Jamal Murray is healthy and the Denver Nuggets, obviously they got Jokic. They're a whole different ball club. They're gonna be too much for the Suns. So give me the Nuggets. James Mesh, who's who's worse off, the Clippers with? Kawhi and Paul George or the Pelicans with Zion and Brandon Ingram. I mean, it's like the four walking wounded. Who's worse? <laughs> you feel like almost the Clippers are a little worse off because the guys are older and you'd almost want to move on from like Kawhi and Paul George at a certain point, but they're going to be moving into their own stadium soon. It's like if you want to sell tickets, you got to have big name guys. So it's not I like you can them. really move on from them. So you, you almost have to stick right. with them. I mean, you have to stick with kind of Zion as well, but I feel like with him being younger and the potential, I don't know how high it is, but I mean, the potential of him, if he loses some weight, he'll be less injury prone. So then you don't have to worry about it as often. But I, I'd probably say the Clippers because they've invested Man, so much I, more. Zion, why don't you hire me? Pay me a million dollars. I'll get your weight down. I promise you. That's just I'll even cook for cafe. you. I'll get your weight down. It's not that hard. Jeez, Louise. Um, James Mesh, Coastal Carolina. UL, big three-game series. How's it turn out? I think Cajuns play well, but I'm going to take the shot to clears two out of three. Two out of three. George Becknell, Alabama's won five straight. They come to the box for a three-game set against LSU. What do you think? I think they get swept. I mean, yeah, it's cool that they won five straight, but if you look at if you look at what LSU's done, they lose to like a, a local opponent during the week. And they win the SEC series. It's like they patterned for like the last three weeks. I, I think I think they showed me a lot by sweeping Ole Miss, and I think they sweep Bama. Kim Mucky got Haley Van Lith from Louisville. The number two player in the portal is Anisha Morrow from DePaul. Does she get her two? Yes. 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 She's getting her. Like like what you're seeing unfold. You're seeing Pat Summit, Gino Ariama. You're seeing LSU women's basketball become the next Tennessee UConn, and it's going to be fun to watch. I think Kim Mulkey is going to give us a five to ten year span where they're in the Final Four every year. James Mesh, do they sell? I hate to say this. Does women's basketball sell more tickets than men's basketball for the first time in the history of LSU? I mean, if you keep getting players like Haley Van Lethal, I would probably say so. And with Matt McMahon, he's still kind of in the rebuilding stages of getting that program together. I'd rather go – I'd go watch both teams. But if you had to tell yeah. me which one I'd rather go watch, I'd rather go watch women's basketball right now. I'd rather go watch the LSU women and Kim Mulkey. Guess I don't what? think he's close. Guess what? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's no, there's no ifs, ands, buts, or maybes about it. You know why? We all love winners. We yes. all want to hop on the winning bandwagon. It's it's that's just the way it is. Kim Mulkey got it going on. Um, go shut up. No more work. 
George Becknell, shut down for the weekend. Go home. Get, I mean, you're home. Shut it down. Go relax. James Mesh, thank you. Uh, have a great weekend, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, buddy. We'll take, uh, we'll take our final timeout. A couple of golfing birthday wishes when we return. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We couldn't be here without our partners like ShopRite, Tobacco Plus, Discount Outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks, cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Eon, Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win until you start playing. D.C.'s Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger ever, and by Cajun Chef. Do yourself a flavor. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef hot sauce. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we're back. Special thanks to our guest, Larry Holder of The Athletic on the Draft, Leah Van of The Advocate on LSU Baseball, George Faust of KLFY on the Cajuns, George Becknell and James Mesh with our every Friday Pick'em segment, right? If today is your birthday, April 28th, happy birthday. From all of us to all of you, you share yours with two golfers. Both at one point in time from the state of Louisiana, Hal Sutton, Shreveport's finest, is 65. And when he was a ninth grader, John Daly moved to Zachary, Louisiana. John Daly is 57 years old. James, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners. Hope you have a great Friday and even better weekend. Come on back Monday, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until next time. I'm Jordy Helper. Stay thirsty, my friends. Stay healthy. Be kind. Enjoy this weather and be happy. Up next, Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. So long, everybody.